So at our Women in Leadership Group Empower, we often have men do some of the panels. One year we did had Reggie sit on a panel for us and he said to me, he was like, Stacy, that was one of the most nerve wracking, you know, <laughs> sessions I've ever done. But it's so critical to move forward as women. We need to have men part of the conversation. And so where we can as female leaders, get them to be on your kind of personal board of directors to help and give their perspectives to you because it really helps. Great events create great brands, and it takes a village to put on an event that engages, excites, and connects audiences to your brand. And we're that village. I'm Alyssa. I'm Paulina. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to Great Events, the podcast for all people interested in events and marketing. Please welcome to the stage, Senior Director of Meetings and Events at CVANT, Rachel Andrews. What is up, CVANT Connect, my women in leadership? Woohoo! Last session of the day, we're going to Dre's tonight. We're gonna have a meetup in here. I am pumped for this panel. All right, before I introduce my fabulous powerhouse panelists, that's a mouthful. I'd like to set the stage a little bit for this session and also note um, that this will also be featured on the Great Events podcast, which I am also a fellow co-host of. So fun, right? I'm so proud to moderate this session today and I hope this will inspire you all and help reframe how women are celebrating and empowering each other within their careers. This industry can be pretty tough for each other, for us, so this topic is a pretty personal one for me. We have an opportunity to work together to shift how we help each other in career development, to stop competing and start rising and lifting each other up. So my hope today is to bring you more actionable insights. Before the end of the session and the networking after the session, both in person and virtually, I challenge all of you in the room and online to do the following. One, let's make some new connections today. Two, I want you to compliment a few women or anyone in the room, allies included. And three, I want you to think about all the women in your personal and professional lives that you can help elevate with you. Okay, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce some of my panelists. First panelist we have is my friend Tracy Judge, founder and CEO of Soundings Connect. Awesome. Second, we have been in the trenches for what, four years? And we have the head of marketing of meetings and events at Caesars Entertainment, Raina Herstorfer. And we have Leslie Andrews, who is a GBTA Win It member and a GBTA Foundation board member, who is also the director of global travel category leader at JLL. And finally, a personal friend and mentor of mine and part of the CVN executive team, Stacey Fontenot, who is the SVP of marketing and also the leader and one of the founding members of our women in leadership group at CVN. Uh, before we get started, everyone and I would like you to take out your app and we're gonna start with a poll. We wanna kinda level set here. We wanna see in the room how long people have been in the industry. So if you could take a few moments, go into the session, there should be a live poll that we'll pull up. Well, I'd like to give you a compliment. Oh, you yes. said. Yeah, that's on our to-do list yeah. for today, so right? I was listening to you backstage <laughs> and I like to check off my action items, but for it, it, all of you know Rachel is our head event planner, and I can't even imagine 
Paula is doing this amazing event. <laughs> and then not only did she, is she doing this session, she did the session beforehand. <laughs> and that's truly remarkable. So yeah. congrats. Thank you. Yeah, I guess I didn't introduce myself. <laughs> yeah, I manage Cvent's events team. I've been at Cvent for 13 years and in the industry for about 17 years. So as you can see, uh, we plan Cvent Connect and it's been a great conference so far. So I'm, I'm really excited to be here and I'm exhausted. So it's great. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so here are our poll results. So it looks like a lot of folks in the room have between three and seven years, but most of the people actually have 10 plus years. So awesome, this is great. So we have a good mixture here. So um, I'm just gonna get started and we're gonna talk to our panelists. So let's start with our career journeys, shall we? I think I mentioned that I've, I've been in the industry for about 17, 18 years, I've lost count. I was in the financial industry before I came to Cvent and started their really robust meetings and events program, um, which has been very rewarding, and I've learned a lot of things along the way, so I'm excited to share. But I want to kick it off with the panelists here. So let's start with you, Stacy, and we'll go around the, the horn here and talk about our career. We're going to try to get it down to 30 seconds, but I know these ladies have a lot of uh, awesome insights into their, their careers. So. Okay. Awesome. All right, so Stacy Fontenot, Senior Vice President of Marketing. I have had 30 years, which is kind of embarrassing to now to say, <laughs> of um, sales and marketing experience. And I've worked in all different types of industries. I've worked for large companies. I've worked for small companies. There's one consistent thing throughout the whole, my whole career journey, and it's been, I've been part of the boys club. And so I usually am the only woman in the room or one of the few women in the room. And so I've learned a lot over my career. What I can say is that how I got there was a variety of things. I think I said yes to a lot of opportunities. I took a few risks. When I became a manager, I ended up really focusing and developing the team. That was really important. If you have a good team and you hire the right people and you put them in the right position, that gets you ahead too. And for those of you who are mothers, I'm a single mother, a single mom of two teenage boys, uh, almost 19 and 15. And it sometimes is really challenging when you're having, you know, to be a single parent and an executive. And she's and, still sane. <laughs> I to be sane. Um, but I have a, a great community of support. I have friends and family who help quite a bit. And then um, I like to say I have my own personal board of directors, so people who help me professionally, too. Awesome. Let's go, go to you, Trace. Thanks, Stacy. And Stacy also brings other women into the room. So thank you for bringing me into this room today. I'm Tracy Judge. I'm the founder and CEO of Soundings. And my career started with marriage travel. And I started as a travel director in and traveled the world operating events. And from there, I just bopped around to all different operations positions on the agency side. And it was really, you know, my motto is know enough to be dangerous. And I wanted to be able to see how does everything operate together and try the different, all the different roles. Then went into sales and account management and with a smaller company that was more entrepreneurial. And from there, I really gained a lot of confidence and understanding how, you know, how to build something. 
and I found it Soundings. And what we do at Soundings is our mission is to create professional freedom for meeting and event professionals. So it's been a fun journey for me to try all different roles, and now I get to support other people in doing the same. Okay, hi, I'm Raina Hirschdorfer. I'm Director of Marketing for Meeting and Events for Caesars Entertainment. I've also been in the industry for about 30 years. I've been with Caesars Entertainment in this role for the last nine years, and I do the marketing and PR. My team and I do the marketing and PR for the properties here in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, Northern Nevada, and across the country. Prior to this, I've also been Executive Director of Catering Convention Services at Caesars Palace, at the Rio, at Horseshoe, now Horseshoe, and Paris. I was the opening Director of Convention Services at Euro Disney, so that really dates me. I was uh, Director of Sales and Marketing for Disney as well, Disneyland Paris in the UK. I'm from the Netherlands originally. English is my third language. I didn't speak a word of it when I was up until I was 13. I'm not on stage very often, so this is a, definitely a little awkward for me, but I'm happy to be here. I'm doing it for Rachel. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Last but not least. Well, my name is Leslie Andrews, Director of Category Management for JLL, and I've been in travel in the hospitality business forever. <laughs> So I'm glad to have had this journey. So it started out, though, outside of travel, and I did hardcore sales. And from there, I got into hospitality and learning the travel business on the leisure side, jumped into the corporate side of the house with MXGBT, and there I had an opportunity to lead a team, manage a team, and grow a team. So I started off with a team of four. I grew that to 24 in three separate offices, and it was really quite the ride. From there, I went into, back into academia and served as a hospitality instructor for a junior college. Then I had an opportunity to do some gig economy work with Abbott Laboratories. Then I, from there, I went to Caterpillar. Then after Caterpillar, went back to academia, um, serving as an academic dean for a international school. And there, you're managing professors and you're managing curriculum design. And from that point, CDK and now at JLL. One thing that's kind of common throughout is knowing your key strengths. And for me, it's teaching and really understanding people and using that to really help women and others to grow in their career. And it's a real privilege to be given the opportunity to do so. So that carries forth in my volunteer work, which is work with Heller College School of Business for Roosevelt University and do some work with DePaul. And I'm a voiceover for fun. So that's the fun side and it all connects. It's a real privilege to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. All right, love this. Wow, we have a lot of awesome uh, experience in the room. So <laughs> hopefully we'll learn a lot of great things today. So let's go on to, uh, uh, let's dive right into a really easy topic, facing challenges. I think. I feel like, you know, I was talking to these ladies on some of our prep calls, and one of the things that I feel as a leader and as an event professional is that I've, I've had to, and this is not a reflection necessarily on CVEN, it means just the meetings industry in general, I've had to fight for a lot of the opportunities that I've, I've, I've had. So I have, I've had to vouch for myself and, excuse me, and fight for myself to get up to where I've gotten throughout my previous jobs and, and now here. So I feel like, you know, when, when it comes to facing challenges, I, I know that that's the na nature of the industry, but I feel like we always find a way. 
so I know that Raina and, and Tracy, I know you have some key, key stories that you want to share. Tracy, I want to first start with you, just talking about some of your key challenges that you faced as a leader in your career. Yeah. I uh, think the biggest challenge I faced as a leader is that I have ADHD. And I wasn't diagnosed until I was 30. So during my career, you know, I would face different challenges at work and the organization and the structure of those positions was always hard for me to play, you know, to color between the lines. And then later when I switched into a more entrepreneurial role, it got easier for me because I got to wear all the different hats and I got to like actually, you know, play in the sandbox. And it was really interesting at the time, one of my former leaders sat on a board with my new, my new boss. And he said, you know, oh, you, Tracy works for you. And he said, yeah. And my old leader said, you know, we really loved her, but we just didn't know what to do with her, right? And it was because I just didn't fit the structure of that organization. And my growth wasn't, you know, one step at a time. Mine was really zigzagged and all over the place. So. It was really great for people to recognize that in me and for me to find somewhere where I could succeed, which now is in my own business. And what's been really cool about this and being able to speak vocally about it is that we can impact others within our organizations and in the industry by sharing our stories, even when they're hard to share. And we had recently, one of my interns just started full time and somebody was switching roles and she said, I said, well, you know, Juliet, we need you to be responsible for the organization of this. And she was the calm person on the team. And she laughed and she said, Tracy, I can't do that. She said, I have ADHD. <laughs> and we all, we all laughed. But later I talked to her and I said, Juliet, like, what is, I didn't know if it was generational talking about it. And she said, yeah, she's like, I want to be able to talk about it more, but because I've heard you speak about neurodiversity before, I felt safe to do it. And it's so important for us to create these safe environments for people to, you know, to thrive in, even though we have differences. Yeah. I know, uh, Raina, you've managed quite a lot and have been in the industry a while, like you, you mentioned. What are the, some of the challenges that you've faced? Yes, I mean, I think when I think about the challenges, I mean, every organization is so different. Every team is so different. I mean, I go back to my early days when I first became a leader. I mean, I was pretty much, I was given the opportunity without a lot of training. I really had to learn on the ground, learn how to manage people, learn how to manage projects, structure of convention services. Of course, you're focused on the clients, but what you don't learn early on is how important it is to focus on your team. Then when I went to Disneyland Paris, the challenges were very different because I was in a multicultural environment, multilingual environment. And on top of it, I was one of the few females and I was one of the youngest females. So I was working with general managers who were older, who were male, who looked at me as a young girl and who are you telling me what to do? So I think you know, over the years, you really do learn how to manage situations, manage people, you grow, you do a lot of self-reflection. The challenges don't really stop. I mean, we're, we're now what, in 2023, and I think the challenges that we had years ago, we still face today. We're still hoping to see more women in leadership roles. And like you, oftentimes, I have been the only female. But for me, I really didn't put a lot of weight on that. I just kind of, I don't think about whether I'm male or female. It's more about 
what my role is, what I'm trying to achieve, making sure that I have a voice, making sure I have a seat at the table. Yeah, that's a great segue. Wow, you're do doing it for me. It's amazing. Let's skip over to putting your, your, uh, your foot in the door here. We talked a lot on our calls about how women need to spend their capital helping themselves but also speaking others' names in rooms and giving credit where credit is due. I remember at a, a former job, I did all the work for something, and I remember my higher-ups sent the actual final product to somebody and said, here you go, this is, what I this is what I have done, and said the word I instead of we, and I will never forget that for the rest of my life. And so as a people leader, I really make an effort to say we, because for the, everybody is contributing to, to doing these things. And not just that, but saying the names of the people that did it. Give them a face to who, who is actually contributing to the project. So one of the things that just were areas of influence, I think, is really, really critical is just giving credit where credit is due. It's very, very easy to do and just so important. And that's a, one very easy, tangible way you can give back and rise and lift, as they say. And I think we so often say there's a glass ceiling to break, but let's just remove the whole damn thing. I mean, <laughs> or get your seat at the boardroom table, like, like Raina said. Get your, if your role is talking about events or talking about ROI, like I just talked about in my last session, get invited to those meetings or ask to be. So Leslie, I know you've you've seen some some of these examples. I know on our calls you have, you know, you're using your influence for this. Can you give us some share some of your fun examples that you shared with us? Sure. What's really exciting is that if you're in the room, you have your social capital, you have your influence, lend that influence to a colleague that has that aspiration. And speaking engagements, if someone's looking for an extra speaker and you know that there is someone within your network that really wants to do this thing called speaking, then you recommend him or her to actually have a say. So then on your trust, that speaking engagement goes to that person that you recommended. And the same is true when it comes to projects. It's bringing folks on board. And yes, they may have a different view than you, but be open to learn from them. And not all of us have, we all don't think like, and that's fine. We really have to lean in, if you will, into diversity of thought and really honor another person's point of view and another person's understanding, but still be, let them in your network. Open the door. Yeah. Have you done any of those personally that you can share with the Sure. Room? There was someone who really wanted a speaking engagement, and she, she let me know. So the next time I was given a speaking engagement, and they said, do you know anyone else who actually wants to do X? And I, I raised my hand. I said, yes, I do. So I offered the name and the LinkedIn bio, and she was ready. So she was positioned, and she was ready for that opportunity. So if folks who are looking for different opportunities in life, position yourself so that you're ready to catch the opportunity and run with it. So that is, uh, really did work. Another example is that I got a call from the Wall Street Journal, and they wanted an opinion on X, whatever thing was going on in travel. And they were looking for a few other people, so I opened my network yeah. and gave 
that person an opportunity. And for, I do believe they were quoted. That's great. I know, Stacy, you do this at our organization quite a lot. I, and we talked about this thing, how do you spend your capital? Can you share a couple of examples of how you share your capital? Yeah. Well, so first, you know, when we started talking about it, I was like, gosh, I don't even know if I have capital to share, but we all do, right? And so thought a lot about that. But in terms of, you know, we talked about like getting people in the the room and a seat at the table. I really think that, especially for the younger women, it's getting them through the door, right? And often you feel like you have to kind of ring the doorbell as a female leader, you need to open the door and invite the women into the room. And then once they're in the room, you need to introduce them to, you know, different people so that they get exposed. And then you get, you know, give them the right opportunities when they're ready for it and can really shine and then recognize and celebrate their success. I think the last thing really is, you know, amplifying their voice and you know you talked a lot about you know giving credit where credit's due that's really important to make sure that you know they they are seen as the you know and worthy and talented and and whatnot right yeah for sure okay I want to move on to I think that that's super important I want to give one example because Tracy actually did this for me at an industry event a couple years ago, she said, Rach, you need to be in this room with these people. And I won't say what industry event it was, but she brought me to an industry event with other leaders and just started introducing me to people and, and gave her some of her capital to, capital to me. And I don't think just women can do this. I think men can do this also for other, other people, you know, that they're empowering, whether it's women or men. But I think that that's um, something we can all help do for each other. Just think about what you have. I think some people, to your point, don't think that they have that power within them. And even sometimes I'm guilty of that. I don't realize that I have the network that I do and I I need to get better at that and introduce people more. And I think that's something that we need to take away from it and remember. I wanna move to the next topic, which is my personal favorite, which is the F word. (laughs) <laughs> not the F. Oh, can we pause that, please? It's okay. Thank okay. you. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about the F word. A quote I have um, that our, our lovely ladies up here came up with and we saw from Ariane Huffington was, we need to accept that we won't always make the right decisions and that we'll screw up royally. Understanding that failure is not the opposite of success, it's a part of it. And I think that's a really powerful quote because it really is something that you need to shift in your mindset. I think the meetings and events industry is a bunch of perfectionists sometimes. I don't know if you resonate with that, but I feel like we always do 150% towards our jobs. And sometimes we need to think that, you know, maybe it's okay to, to fail and learn from that sometimes. I feel like I fail a lot as an event leader every day, but I take those failures and I put it in my toolkit for the next time that I need to plan something and I do, I say, okay, I need, to, I need to use that failure to better myself for the next time. I'd just like to wear them as a badge of honor. So speaking of that, I know you kind of already saw Tracy's uh, big reveal here, <laughs> but Tracy, I know you've seen some, and I, I, I say this with love in my heart, but I know, <laughs> Tracy, you've seen your share of failures and fear of failing in your pro- professional life. Care to kick us off with fear of failure? 
Yeah, I mean, it's something, when you're an entrepreneur, that's a big part of your job, is being able to get through your failures and accept your failures and still be able to sleep at night. And I have, you know, over time and over the years in this journey as an entrepreneur, learned to, like Rachel said, what lessons am I learning from it? And I have to trust that I'm being guided in the right direction with those lessons. This actually, I was in Dubai and we were sand surfing at an event. And somebody took this video and I didn't see it till later. And when we watched it, we were cracking up laughing. And I looked and I was like, yep, that pretty much sums it up, right? <laughs> Just when you think you have everything going well, boom, you're faced with another obstacle. And one thing with failure is to like have humility and find the humor in it. And with my team, you know, we die laughing all the time talking about things that happened the last couple months, the last couple years that were failures, right? But we have to laugh at ourselves and be able to move on. And I was in, I have a mentor that helped me a lot and still does. And I was visiting Chicago and we were sitting outside at a restaurant and I had just made some big mistakes and really big ones. And I was so nervous and I was so worried and it was the first real big bet that I had lost. And I was talking to him and telling him all about it and I'm, all, I'm very stressed. And he said, and he said to me, he said, Trace, he also had owned a business pri previously. He said, Trace, it took me two years to make the decisions you made in six months to change the problem. And when he, and then he was like, you're fine. And he moved on and started talking about, you know, started talking about something else. And you realize you're like, oh, like this is just how it is. This is how it's supposed to go. But I think we all need to encourage that. And when, when we have failures, remind each other, you know, like that's part of your process and that's part of your growth. Yeah. Do we need to see the video again? <laughs> 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 I, I think that's important, though. Once you fail, you get back up and do the damn thing again. You know? <laughs> yeah, and just and don't don't be f afraid of of the f word, right? <laughs> Stacy, I think you also had had said something in our call too that resonated with us about fear of failure or yeah. or challenges with failure. Yeah, and I, you know, for me, I, I you know I fail all the time, and I you know fail mo miserably. But honestly, I think about it, I'm a glass half full type of person. So when I think of failure, I think of growth opportunity. And, you know, I, like when I think of failure, I think of it giving you the ability to reassess what you're doing. And it actually provides a lot of clarity for your next path forward, right? It also gives you key skills such as resilience. You know, Reggie yesterday talked about bouncing back. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you don't even want to get out of bed. You take the next step forward because that's, that's pretty amazing. It gives you empathy as well. You know, you, you can kind of share different perspectives across the, you know, the board and you can relate to people perhaps in a, a different way once you've failed. But, you know, the one example that I have, I haven't really shared this a lot, but about nine years ago, I started Cvent, and within six months, my chief marketing officer, my boss, left, and I really wanted the role, and I wasn't ready, but I wanted it. 
and obviously I didn't get the job. Patrick Smith, who is our chief marketing officer, did. And I kind of had a point of time because I felt like it was a failure and I could stay at Cvent or I could go. And I ended up staying, obviously, and it was one of the best things I ever did. And I've learned a lot from my boss. He has a very different marketing skill set than I do, and so we complement each other quite well. And so it, it's actually broadened my exposure that if I had taken a chief marketing officer role at a different company, I wouldn't have gotten that exposure. So that was really great. And you know, it really fueled my fire to really have a greater impact at Cvent. And you know, that's when I started the women in leadership group. I rolled out our diversity initiatives at Cvent three or four years ago, and that was pretty amazing. At the end of the day, though, when I think about you know, that, that failure, I realize it's really not about chasing titles. It really is, you know, when I think about my job, doing something that you love, and Reggie talked about that yesterday, and doing it with people that inspire you. Wow, you inspire me. Awesome. I'm gonna, this is my favorite slide, and I, we're gonna spend a lot of time on this one because this is one of the, the goals of this session is to reframe and, and shift our mindset to this rise and lift baby approach to everything that we're doing. And so it's near and dear to my heart, and I, I have to say, we have to start being champions for each other. I know, I know a lot of you in the room, if you're here, you're already doing it. You're already, you're already here to do the thing that I just said. So good for you. I just, that was a compliment. Just as I, do I get a check mark for that compliment? <laughs> so let's give some tangible advice. I feel like I wanted, one of the things we wanted to do is really give some tangible things that people could, could take away to help rise and lift each other. And I wanna just kick it off with Raina. So Raina, what would you tell others starting their careers uh, and how do you empower them? Well, I think that when you're starting your career and you are looking at how to be a leader, how to be a female leader, a male leader, it doesn't really matter whether you're male or female, right? I think that we should be leading, period. We should be looking at how we treat, our, treat each other, be kind to each other, be more collaborative. I think that Leadership has evolved tremendously over the last many years, and it will involve, continue to evolve. I think a big factor, of course, is now that we're working remotely, we're working hybrid. I'm hoping to see more women who have children stay in the workforce. I think that's been a challenge all along, that a lot of women leave, especially if you're in meeting planning or in convention services. Some of you may have seen our catering convention services manager that's helping Rachel and team, and she's pregnant with twins, and she's working, she's doing a month. She said she's going to continue to work, which I'm really, really happy to hear. Shout out uh, to Stasia. She's, and she's five. phenomenal. And you know, so I'm just really hoping that we, uh, that we can be more empathetic, more flexibility. And I think that with the technology and with how we're working today, there is a lot more of that. And it's really about being empathetic, being understanding, being goal-oriented, but still to be human. And Leslie, I, how do you empower yourself and other women around you? You know, um, I, I think it's really coming to know who you are as a professional, understanding your, st your strengths know who you are. And many times we may not know what are we really good at? What's some assets that we have? What's your brand? We should be able to clearly define what is my brand? 
How does it sit personally? How does it sit professionally? So one thing I like is 16personalities.com. It's a free um, survey where you actually get to know who you are. It's true that once you know who you are, people will come to know that you really stand for something. And when people come to know that, then they're going to come to you and be more open to come to you because you've shown yourself to be more open. So to be open and be sure that you have your top 10 or your top 20 folks grow. Let other people into your network. Let us not be as cliquish as the industry can be and be open to others who may not be as talented, have a different perspective or a different understanding. Together, we rise each other up and that's the opportunity for all of us. Yeah, I think we, we talked about how do you see you know, women leadership evolving over the next 10 years. And Raina, we kind of talked about it and it's like, I think it already has evolved, but do you have any other thoughts to add there? I'm sorry? With the, how do you see women's leadership evolving over the next few years? I think uh, it's already I mean, on a path there, but. I, I think we're already on the path. I think we've been on the path. I think that we're just continuing to evolve. We have a lot more information at our fingertips than we had maybe 10 years ago, right? So it's about information, it's about sharing knowledge. I like what you talked about. It's about empathy, it's about allowing different points of view. I think that's a really, really important piece is that it's so easy to surround yourself with people who are like you, but it's so important to have a team or people you work with who look at things in a different way. Then you get a different perspective. I think that I mean, AI is going to have an impact on all of us. I mean, I'm starting to delve into it a little bit and just wondering how will that impact us? What will that mean for us? It's hard to know, 10 years is a long time. I feel like things are moving really, really quickly at the moment. And we're gonna, we're gonna see, we're gonna all experience that. We're gonna be part of that. And I think what you said as well is have a point of view. Make sure that you do a lot, read, stay on top of things share your knowledge, don't be afraid to share your knowledge. I think that's a big factor as well. I mean, there was a time, I think, when people were very protective about keeping that knowledge to themselves. Maybe they didn't want to share it because they felt that if somebody else knows more than, than you, that's not going to help you. But I think have people around you who want to learn, who want to grow. Yeah. Tracy, I want to kick it to you. How do you empower yourself and other women or men around you? Yeah, Leslie talked about this a bit, but I'm a big believer in focusing on your strengths. And we work with my team, all of the freelancers in our community, we really focus on what are your innate strengths. And we are all different, we all have different strengths, and it's really important to be honest with yourself about what yours are, and be honest with everyone else around you about what they are, so we can all work together and leverage each other's strengths to build really cohesive teams. But another thing that's really important with that is the, the idea is if you leverage your top five strengths in work, you're gonna be happier and more productive. And sometimes, especially meeting planners, there can be a lot of things that you've gotten really good at, but it doesn't mean it's your innate strength. So, you know, and as an entrepreneur, I don't have any executing strengths in my top five. So 
when I obviously have to execute and have to be involved, but when it gets too heavy on the execution side, I get really grumpy. I'm not a great person to be around, <laughs> right? And, and I have to like, have those conversations with myself about what's wrong, like why do you feel this way? Why are you, do you feel depressed? Why do you feel sad? And be really honest that, oh, I don't like the position I'm in, in, in my own organization. How do I get, shift this and leverage my team's strength to get me out, you know, to get me out of this and back in the seat I'm supposed to be in. Yeah. And last but not least, Stacy, how are you empowering others around you? Yeah. Any tangible takeaways from yeah, the audience? There's, gosh, there's um, a few that I think of. I mean, I think knowing your strengths. I mean, know your net worth. That's really important, and know your superpower, and let those around you know your your superpower. That's critical. I think uh, networking is absolutely a must. Your, um, there's a saying that's like your network is your net worth, and that's really important. Uh, this is a great opportunity, especially after the panel, to meet people and network and you know just grow your influence kind of around. And then you know I, I would say you know focus on your personal brand. You know if you have 30 seconds, I always tell this to to young women, you know, you, everyone rides the elevator at C-Vent, right? And sometimes you ride it with Reggie. What's your story? What are you gonna tell him? What do you, what do you need him to know about you? And uh, you need to, to focus on that as well. Yeah, that's so true. Well, I, I know we have a lot of questions in the app, so I'm gonna okay. go over to that, but can we get a round of applause for these amazing women? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, we, um, there's a bunch of questions in the app. Thank you for submitting if you're online or in person, but I don't know if my family put this uh, question in here, but I'm gonna read it first. It says, <laughs> where did Rachel get her amazing pink blazer? I want one. <laughs> and if my sister put this in there, you can borrow it. <laughs> I got it at Express. We have amazing power suits there, ladies, so head there. I, I'm gonna throw this up to the, the group, and if you wanna take this, this has the most votes. How do you move up in an executive position as an introvert? Anyone wanna take that? Leslie, Reina, anyone? Leslie, okay. Sure, um, if one is an introvert, you can be a powerful leader. You, can, you don't have to be an extrovert to be a great leader. What you have to know is understand your craft, understand your purpose, and how you fit into the matrix of that organization knowing that organization and have folks that, are, that know your brand, they're gonna back you and support you. So network internally, let them know that you have interests and aspirations, just like the type A personalities who are extroverts, and honor your, you being an introvert. That's, that is a superpower, to be that introvert, that self-respective, self-reflecting person. I would say two other things. So I am not an introvert. I am an ex extreme extrovert. <laughs> but, but I think, you know, it's data, knowing the data. Um, if you have data that you can give and, and really kind of speak the executive language, so speak about it in terms of business and metrics and, you know, what's going to drive the business forward, I think that gets you ahead. And right. I'm 50-50. I'm right down the middle. So yeah. I'm extroverted at events, but then I go to my introverted shell after events and recharge 
But I think for that type, for introverts, I think specifically, I agree with you, Stacey, just knowing, knowing your craft, but then maybe scheduling time, one-on-one, -on -one, quality time with people, I think is really big. I made it a, a, a mission at CVent to have other mentors outside of my boss, which is another key thing, just not just friends at your company, but people just that you ask, how did you get where you are? I'm facing this challenge, what would you recommend? And not just women, men too. You should have mentors of, of both, <laughs> however you identify. On, on either side, so I think that's another another one. So, this is a this is a fun one, and I, this is one that my uh, my team shout out to my team in the corner over there. Have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? And if so, how do you overcome it? We talk about this all the time, and we're like, snap out of it. We we do not need to be have imposter syndrome, and it's a big hot topic right now of imposter syndrome. Does does anyone want to take this one or? I'm happy to take I'll it. I'll take it. I, okay. I really, I don't like the term imposter syndrome okay. well, to begin with. I think that, you know, we all sometimes feel like maybe we're not in the right place at the right time, but I think that's just normal. I think that's human, right? That you're in a situation where maybe you're a little uncomfortable and as a result, you could call it imposter syndrome. I think to, to get through that is to, again, really think about your own value, about your values, about where you're coming from. And if you're in the room and if you're at that seat, you belong there. And I think that's really important. As a reference, I just want to say Harvard Business Review has an article out that says, stop telling to stop being or having imposter syndrome. <laughs> so I, I think it's possibly overstated at this point uh, in reference to imposter syndrome. And have more self-confidence in your skill set. You're in a position, in a room, because you have the skill set. That validation you may not get from everyone, but it, it stands because you're standing there, and that's your opportunity to shine. I would even say, even if you don't have the skill set yet, you're going to get the skill set. Yeah. You're going to grow just by being in that space, by learning, by listening, and you might contribute something really small, but maybe that is really important to the group and something that no one else has thought of. I think we also overestimate our leaders a lot of times as well. And uh, you know, the truth is, like, none of us really know what the well, know what we're doing, <laughs> right? It's business. We're all trying new things and trying new things constantly to see what works. And if you if you are scared to try or you have imposter syndrome, not thinking you're enough, you're never going to grow. So pushing past that and not looking at it like, you know, you're not good enough, but looking at it as, let me push forward in this situation and then, you know, become that person. Yeah, if you don't take risk, you're not gonna rise. Yeah. You have to take risk and you have to kind of, you know, go forward. Yeah. It's also maybe daily affirmations in the mirror, like, you got this. Yeah. <laughs> Those help a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I will say, like, I was just jotting down notes the, the other day for the session, and I sent it to a few people on my team. And, you know, it was great, because they, one of the men on my team gave me a bunch of compliments that I was like, oh, as a leader, you do this and this and this, Stacy, And, you know, that helped me. Yeah, it's yeah. nice to hear from other people besides yeah. yourself. You know, one mantra might be, you've earned the right. So if we say, you've earned the right, that will assist in allaying some anxiety. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I know we're over time, but I really want to answer this question because I think it's really important. But how do we bring men into the conversation about women empowerment in the workplace? Stacy, I'm going to oh, answer that one. <laughs> 
Yeah, we, we, we have to have them in the, the conversation. So at our, our Women in Leadership Group Empower, we often have men do some of the panels. One year we did had Reggie sit on a panel for us, and he, he said to me, he was like, Stacey, that was m- one of the most nerve-wracking, you know, <laughs> sessions I've ever done. <laughs> but it's so critical, you know, to, to move forward as women. We need to have men part of the conversation. And so where we can as fe- female leaders, get them to be a cor- on your kind of personal board of directors mm-hmm. to help and give their perspectives to you because it really helps. Yeah. Find your mentors, regardless of if they're women in leadership yeah. or elsewhere. Yeah, I like. I personally have, and Rachel knows this. I personally have our chief technology officer, uh, David Qualtrone. I consider him a mentor, and I personally wanted him to be my mentor because he thinks differently than I do, and I wanted that perspective because that would help me grow. Yeah, and I think just for men, they can contribute to the conversation by like we said in the beginning, bringing us into those conversations. If there's a meeting that requires someone else in the room, they should be bringing us with them and promoting that as well and bringing us to the, bringing us to the, the industry event that we should be at. Um, things like that are, are really impactful to our, our careers and help us a lot. So thank you all for the amazing questions. We didn't get to all of them. There are so many great ones. I wish we could have uh, answered them all. We'll maybe try to get in the app and answer some of them for you. But I really want to thank everybody for joining the session today, as well as this episode of Great Events, Great Events podcast. Really just two birds, one stone, baby. Um, (laughs) We had a great time today. Can we get one more round of applause for these ladies? All right, one last slide, and and then I promise you can get to drinks. Before we head there, I just want everyone to take our session survey, please. And thanks again to our virtual audience. For the virtual audience, you can head over to virtual networking in the attendee hub. Thank you so much for joining our session. And to the people in the room, like I mentioned at the beginning, we would love for you to stick around and network in this room. If you haven't noticed the bar rolling in in the back, we would love uh, to meet you and continue the conversation, maybe answer some of those questions we didn't give to, get to, and have a drink or a water and give everyone compliments. Thank you so much. (laughs) 